0: Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that I was going to be starting to coach and have Conversations with clients from The Matrix and The Miracle Mind. And I'm really excited today to share my conversation with Jules, who is a member of The Miracle Mind. And our conversation is awesome, it ebbs and flows. But there is one specific thing that we talk about, which is her story. And I think a lot of coaches have a similar problem to what Jules describes, which is like, I don't know how to tell my story in a compelling way because we discount our experience, what we've overcome, our triumphs, our struggles. The things that we do naturally because it's our life, right? Like we overlook it because it doesn't seem interesting or compelling to us because we were there. (laughs) And so I think what we do on this call is I draw out her story. I help her articulate the things that she's done and created in a compelling way that will speak to her ideal clients. And so even though this episode really is about jewels, I want you to listen for the insights, the ahas, and the ways that you can draw out your own story. And just remember that even if you don't think it's interesting or you don't see the little pieces, having someone draw out your story is a powerful way for you to market to your ideal clients if your niche is you. And for a lot of people who coach one-on-one, your niche is you. right? It's what you overcame. It's the struggles and the triumphs that you've experienced and created in your own life that caused you to be inspired to help other people on the same journey. And so understanding your story, how to speak powerfully about it is, I think, an essential skill for your marketing. So I hope you enjoy the conversation I have with Jules. And without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, Jules, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you said yes. Yes, I'm so happy you asked. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just excited to see where this conversation meanders and where we go. But just to get started, how would this call be really powerful and useful for you today?
1: Yes, I think what I have been struggling and also being on the journey of embracing my greatness and also bringing my like life stories into my work and into the public, but I always feel, or it's just that my other story is like, well, well but that's like not good enough or like, and what are you going to say there? And really, reading, like, does it really matter? <laughs> so that's why I wanted to help me to, like, see it through the other lens on the other side so that I can continue my journey of embracing my greatness so that I'm not just, like, this best secret hiding behind the walls.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think there's two things that I'm hearing you say. The first one is that you don't think your story is interesting. Or, like... oh, no, it's fine. But I guess for certain people, yes.
1: And that's why I want to attract this post. That's, like, my... Mm-hmm. Aligning with my people because I know when I coach my people, it just flows,
0: but I'm still like, well, my people. So maybe like your marketing? Yes. Okay. And then the second thing that you said is like the best kept hidden secret. Do you think they're related? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, what are your initial thoughts about your life story? I don't know if that's a useful big picture, but just your journey to this point in your coaching business. What do you think about that right now? Well, like I hear that they use that in marketing, I
1: guess they Mm -hmm. use like, well, tell your story, tell your story and this and that. And I think it's a really good idea because that's what I have. And I guess that's who I am. And I feel like part of my story that I have been hiding behind you know, other people's quotes, or books, so this and that. And it's like that I'm not good enough. Well, like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah, I hold a franchise, but I don't know if I was that successful. And like, I didn't know those principles, <laughs> but it's just really me validating me through the story that I want to bring forth and use it for
0: becoming a powerful coach I want to become that you are. Yes, I am. We're working on that, (laughs) really being that person. So when you say your story, is there like a starting point that you can think of? Like what led you here? Led me into coaching? (laughs) Well,
1: led me up to this point.
0: You know, I'm going to kind of just rephrase what you said. You said, you know, marketing tells stories and I want to tell my story. I guess the better question is what story do you want to tell? I guess the story, I'm not good enough and how it can serve
1: and not serve, I suppose, and how it can be a jumping point to what is possible or perhaps to connecting to yourself
0: because that's what it's missing. So tell me about when you were believing that you weren't enough and what that was like.
1: It was getting more courses, more binders, more notebooks, more books, more mentors more accomplishments more goals more more so that all of that could validate that i am like somebody and i have the right to be here on this earth but what did that feel like on the inside oh it felt like constant chase constant unfulfillment like dissatisfaction and yes, like many people would still tell me, oh, you're this and you're that, but I was not allowing it to accept because I was myself rejecting that part of me because it did not feel good and I didn't have the skills that I do have now.
0: So that was what's happening on the inside. At the same time, what were people witnessing? Like, what were people observing in your life? What were you actually doing? So what I was doing, accomplishing. Yeah. Is this when you were running your franchise? So
1: I moved from one country to another, so which was my intention and my really like was probably the first window of receiving that abundance and know that something else could be possible. in U.S.? Yeah, so from like Russia to U.S. So I believe I co-created that. So that's why I very much resonate with your language, even though back then I was not speaking that language like that mm-hmm. well. But I think I had a desire and I also saw there's something else out there and I wanted to fulfill that. So I co-created something that felt impossible back then, but I had to believe and have faith (laughs) and perhaps out of desperation or something, but it just kind of all worked out. Then from that, I already had an American dream because I was very fascinated with all those stories that people come and they have like $20 in their pocket and then like it's a country of opportunities and you're supposed to own your own business. And that was the American dream that I had. Even though back then in where I was, I was not asking myself like, okay, what does Jules want? And what makes you happy? Like that was not part of my lingo. <laughs> so what I was experiencing mostly is just like, I have to do it. I need to do it. This is how it's done. We're going to do it. I'm determined. That was my badge of honor. So I am determined. (laughs) Yeah. And what kind of business did you start? So, yeah, we started the coffee and donut restaurant franchise. And it was just because like where we lived in Buffalo and it's a Canadian franchise and it was just expanding. We kind of like the coffee and donut. And back then I already got married and my husband was like the representation of opposite of what I was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And his thing was just basically like, oh, how hard could it be? And it's like, okay, let's do it. Even like it was not part of his blueprint, so to speak, because he was on the other side like, oh, let's just go and live on the beach and have a boat and like sail around the world. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm afraid of water. Yeah. No. On the ground. (laughs) But anyway, he's grown in like other ways. And I've grown in other ways. And also, he was one of the sources of seeing the world the other way. And I was slowly growing up to see it. So more and more. So, yeah, that was ten years, and that was like crazy <laughs> and I also just completed my master's degree, and I was like all this educated in organizational behavior and development mm. the management stuff and all of that <laughs> and then, when you get to the actual work of running the business and it was twenty four seven operation, which was like insane, but back then, you know, I was determined with the American dream, so <laughs> We had to move to a different stage just because they had a little more financially feasible program. And we just got into the ocean of owning the business, the franchise. And I learned a lot. So it was a lot of hard work, mental, physical, all kinds. And it was probably my lunch pad for me to start asking, what does Jules want? I'm working so hard. Yeah, this was supposed to be your dream. And then it wasn't. Yeah. And I started to learn because back then I was also very rigid. I was all into like smart goals and accomplishing and checklist and perfectionism. So that's why at a certain point, I had to learn to let go of all of that so that I can simply just maintain some level of well-being. So I had to let go of my perfectionism and actually have a manager so that I can have peace of mind and just like be okay with how she would do things. Like it's your baby and you're the owner and all of that. But at certain point, it's just like, well, I have to find some kind of balance. And it was okay. So it worked out. It was fine.
0: Yeah, (laughs) You released some control.
1: You hired support. What else? So we were working like every day. And then... One day when I was driving home and feeling exhausted and it was dark and I was like, no, that's it. That's enough. We need to take some time off. So we started slowly kind of getting into that time off idea. And also for my husband and I being in the same place and working together, like that was another level of this whole drama. So like we had to go to the freezer to cool off. But then we got another location and he just went there so like i became fully bossy <laughs> okay to a certain degree anyway so now just kind of started to i guess working my other part of me perhaps i mean to some senses that i'm not exactly where i'm supposed to be just didn't feel good didn't feel aligned like i guess i know when you talk about that law of contrast That's when I started to experience, so that it kind of catapulted me to the other world. And yoga
0: became very popular. So people were talking about it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that because we work together. So I know a little bit of this story. When yoga came into play, like when did that enter your life? Well, it went
1: probably seven, six years into it. (laughs) So I was just dragging my feet to get there and everything just felt so misaligned that I was physically started to get sick so I started to like really letting go because I'm like okay it's either me just like feeling like I'm dying or me letting my manager do whatever she does however she does and that's okay like nobody got hurt the place didn't get burnt (laughs) we're all good here So yeah, I started going to yoga classes and just kind of started going to other places to see things. And I remember that in yoga classes, my doing personality was rejecting that last pose and yoga shavasana. So it was like, you know, lying down and doing nothing. Doing nothing. I actually was packing my bags and I was leaving.
0: Wow.
1: Because it was at the gym. So it was still like that environment. So... I did that for a while. And then essentially through yoga, I started deviating to the other part of it, which was mindfulness. I started actually going to classes that were more restorative and more focusing on the state of being. So like that being mindful, which was a very foreign language to me. Mm-hmm. But then I think I found my heaven, so to speak.
0: <laughs> and now I was like, yeah, oh, that's what I need, maybe. And that moment, go back to what you just said. What did you need? I found what I needed. What was that? Well,
1: I think I found that I needed that quiet moment. Yeah, lots of quiet moments to reflect, to connect with myself, to connect like with the soul. So that's speaking the yoga language, because it was also like very unfamiliar and foreign to me. What? We're talking about soul here. <laughs> there is no soul. And then I just kind of started really being interested about breathing techniques, about connecting with the body and like there is this other intelligence that exists and it is within me. And that just was fascinating. So from that, I just transitioned to really learn a lot about the body because I got really fascinated how like things get so intricately connected and how Physical effects, the mental and spiritual and spiritual and mental effects, physical. And I really got more into biomechanics and craft. Mm-hmm. And also, like, my body was just kind of craving some movement because by that time I was kind of like having some aches and pains, even pain, even though I was younger then but I wasn't really into movement besides like doing the restaurant work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just started to kind of like heal myself, so to speak, through the movement, So I guess, taking care of me and asking the question, like, oh, am I supposed to ask now what does Jewel want? Interesting. Like, am I allowed? Okay. And that just kind of led me to learning more and more about the body. And then essentially, it was kind of just funny that when I officially studied my company, I called it Move Your Mind, Mind Your Movement. So it seems like it was a circle that had to happen. So we started from the body and moved to the mind. I love it. What made you decide to start your company? I guess I thought it was the right thing to do because I wanted to create something else and something that Jules wants. And back then I started also opening up to the teachings of Abraham Hicks. And that was also a very new language for me. So like when she was talking about the state of flow, so, and for the person who is perfectionist and doer and determined and all of that. So that was like a new world just opened up. So I had to listen to her tapes back then, probably like every day. Yeah. I she had to plant seeds in my head with all that language. Yeah. And from her, I actually did learn wouldn't be cool. Yep. And I started using that. So I was doing yoga. And I was doing like yoga classes, but then more I learned about the body, more I felt like I could help people more on an individual level because I can customize to what they need because in the yoga class, you cannot give the intricate details. And I'm like this body artist. I look at people and I see how they move. Like, I want to tell you, like, you can look better. You can be like better this way. (laughs) So I just started to transition to working one-on-one. And I started using Abraham Hicks kind of philosophy, I suppose. And I would say I created my business from that place of fun. So I started asking, wouldn't it be cool? And then I started also like you talk about now, speaking my clients into existence. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to create one-on-one clients and I didn't have any. So then I would come to my public class or whatever, group class. And I would just start talking like, well... With my private client, in my private practice, we worked on lower back pain. And this is just some moments we did. And this is what happened to her. <laughs> and yeah. I just get, you know, creating this story, speaking clients into existence. And one day, I just created some fake names in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And I for well, like two months ahead. <laughs> and then it all kind of came about. So yeah, it all kind of happened. So that's kind of like my Abraham Hicks story. And one of the wise phrases that I was using, like, would be cool. And yeah. I just like make it up in my head, put it into the sky and it feels so good and detached. And it's like I felt that I was in the flow and I started to kind of liking it. And of course, I started to even listening to her more and more.
0: Yeah. Were you still running the franchise at this time? Do you still run the franchise?
1: No, I don't. No, okay. the 10 years were up. So, yeah. Um, okay. So this is
0: after, did you sell it? Did you exit? Like, how did that come? Yeah,
1: pretty much kind of like exited, but mm-hmm. there was another situation happened corporately, which didn't work out to the expectations that we had. It's and like that was, that was uh, about
0: the same time you were getting into yoga or when did that happen?
1: Yeah. I started getting into yoga probably at the like year six, seven or something okay. like that. So yeah, I was. Creating my other path when I was still in
0: yoga. Yeah, interesting. Everything happens for a reason. And sometimes you don't know why it's happening until it's complete. And you're looking back and you're like, of course, that franchise had to end, even if it wasn't the way you wanted it to end. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it was a painful experience, but it was just like, welcome to the capitalistic world kind of lesson. (laughs) So, at that time, I was already doing some. One-on-one practices and I was mobile. So I was kind of driving around to people's homes and it felt good and fun. And then essentially I got an office space and people started to come to me. And then, of course, like you talk about or the low harvest. Yeah. So now I can go back and like put those names there. So I was introduced to one lady. She was also in yoga and she was very much well-connected and had some like little pains and aches. And I worked with her and she was like totally blown away with my abilities. <laughs> yeah. And she just started to talk to other people about me and she just started sending people to me
0: and yeah. I was like, okay, thank you. I call thank them you. my golden clients and they refer and refer and refer <laughs> it's like- such a beautiful exchange, and we're always so grateful as coaches to have clients. That yeah, like, yeah. and we tell the world about you. Makes it so easy.
1: Yeah, so she's been my greatest supporter,
0: advocate. And,
1: yeah, advocate. And yes, so I've been really blessed for that because obviously, like, I don't have any roots. So I don't have people I went to school with. I yeah. don't really have people I went to college with. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like really. Me also creating my new identity because I used to say that I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. so that I decided to become, I'm a connector because you don't be like an extrovert, but I'm a connector and I take time to connect with people and just kind of like create that connection. So that's why, yeah, she's been really a paramount force in my creation. And then from that, I just went kind of like through nutrition, but the coach that I had for nutrition was really into mindset coaching. Mm -hmm. I learned there, just like really blew my mind. And one of the most important questions she asked me, which was my first introduction into be do-have model that she also talks about. And I remember I was having that hot seat coaching, whatever we talked about. And she said, but Jules, who do you want to be? And I'm like, what? I'm just feeling guilty that I'm on like this diet. And people in Africa, they're just like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm so noble because I come from this yoga world and they say like love your body all the time. And I'm just like doing this macros thing. So like, I don't know. I just gonna feel guilty. <laughs> so like all of that. And she told me whatever. And then she's like, left me with a question like, well, yeah. And who do you want to be?
0: Interesting. Powerful permission.
1: And that word, and yeah, just like stopped me off my tracks. And I am now like a huge proponent of this model of the video half, And I love how you talk about it and present that. And that was probably like really where I started to understand my mentality of being a victim and like how I raised and the culture, even though I created lots of things, because I feel like probably that inner knowing within me or that inner wisdom or whatever, it's like new better. But the human side of me had to go through the journey of like, okay, well, like blaming circumstances is how we do it. And then that question, I think that's why it like stopped me in my tracks because it completely like I feel I was like anchored on the planet Earth. And then when she asked that question, I just like got shooting it into the space. I'm just like floating there. Like what?
0: (laughs) Good coaches (laughs) will do that, right? Change the way you see the world and see yourself.
1: And then essentially, like I slowly made my way to anchor somewhere on earth. And then (laughs) back of my mind, it was like still there. Like, who am I being? What energy am I creating from my being? Oh. It's just like a really very powerful, supercharged question. And it definitely putting also all your personal power back to you. And suddenly it's on you. And this is where we're coming to because it's like, oh, and this is what it means for me to be powerful. It's just like really taking care of me and my being and who do I want to be? Because if I used to ask a question, who am I? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah. How many more buying How many books? Yeah. How many more coaches? Well, it's a different
0: approach, right? You're looking for someone to tell you who you are. You're trying to find it, almost like this thing that exists in the world. And what B Do, Have says is like, no, you get to decide. That's created. It's not found.
1: Yes. Well, even though, like, I feel I have made a lot of big decisions, but I think there's like something when it comes to me and I'm supposed to decide. It's like, I don't take the ownership. It's like we talked about before. It's just that, yeah, I understand. Yeah, this is where I want to be. Yes, this is where I'm creating. But then like claiming it and owning it and then stepping there and like giving it to the world. This is like other steps. And this is where my past version of me, it's like, okay, let's just hide. Let's just hide. It's okay to hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not hiding now. And I would love to hear you talk about what you do now. So I am becoming a powerful coach. You are a powerful coach. As I am a powerful coach. And I work with women, midlife women, as I am. So in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And I feel like. There's a lot of the parts that I've been going through that I seen now and coached them on that. And mostly it comes from that, yes, I'm not good enough. Also, misunderstanding that where you're selfish and where you're selfless, or like how you talk about it, I like when you say align selfish.
0: selfishness, yep. And
1: this is just the women who are like pretty good. Like they're actually really awesome. They're brilliant. They're amazing. They know how to accomplish the list and they know how to like please everybody else. And they love to say, I should be doing that. And I'm supposed to do this. And it's kind of like that. I am a good girl kind of complex. There are show shows up, but they're pretty good. They're functional. They're wonderful. But there is like that sense of, feeling disconnected, feeling not really fulfilled, even though everything they've been doing is like been doing. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be by now, but you're not. And when they also come to that kind of age where they start asking, oh, retirement is coming. So like, what am I supposed to do during my retirement? And just like for me, the hardest question that I was asked, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? I work for fun. I do like studying for fun. man. it's no, 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 no. Like when was the last time you watched, you know, Star Wars? I don't remember. That was like that challenging, like not supposed to have fun because you like you work hard. But then when this play come, well, it never comes, well, it's going to come if you work hard. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of like the type of woman I am mostly attracting. And I think another lesson that I've learned is really how the emotions are so important for receiving the gift (laughs) or for transformation because resisting emotion does require a lot of energy and when you just allow them and that takes a certain level of being humble and connected with yourself like you want to hold that safe space for yourself to actually feel what you feel so that is just like Passes through you and the new energy opens up something else to feel and experience. And like that creates miracles. And it's amazing how much we come from that culture that taught us like feeling is good, being emotional is good. I was definitely like guilty of that and carrying that mask, like saying the word love was a challenge. So I kind of like had to learn studying like love myself with Louis Hay books. And kind of slowly progressing, but still not quite embodying it until you start understanding that like, self-compassion can actually be more productive than self-criticism. <laughs> and it's just like, sends me again into the space. And I'm like, slowly, well, <laughs> wait, and was well, that? Yes. So I guess that's the part of the journey. What you've brought up to me or kind of put the pieces together through that love contrast, because I think what was actually happening to me before is that I was afraid to experience that contrast. And when things were happening kind of like bad, I was not feeling safe in life. And that was probably just came from how I was born and all of that and the childhood and whatever. So like I wasn't feeling safe. And when something like bad happened. I would be just making it mean about me. Like, I'm not lucky. Yeah. The universe doesn't look like me. Like, that good life is for others. And the success is for others. And when the black cat crosses the road, that's supposed to be bad luck. Let's drive around the block 15 times. So because I also came, like, from that kind of culture. And I think that's what I was, like, afraid. And even though I did some things and whatever, but deep inside of me. I was always in that protective mode. And when We did some coaching, you like opened up to that law of contrast. And also this is just this sequence of unfolding events. What if it's not bad and good? What if it's just like working out for you? And like that's how you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be. And this is just the part of life. And it's nothing really to do with me or how bad I am or good I am. Like here the life is punishing me or perhaps it's awakening me to something, Right. So in that word, navigating, and also that sequence of unfolding events, I'm still in the comprehension of it, (laughs) but I would say that I'm more awake to see that the contrast is part of the plans, so to speak. And at the same time, we're just like, the better it gets, the better it gets.
0: Heard me say that a
1: couple (laughs) of times. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What if I had to sit and wait for the shoe to drop? What if I just focus, like we talk in uh, prosperity teachings, what if I just focus on overflow and think about the abundant universe and see it? Because like, that's what I think I've been really awake to. It's just how crazy that I spent so many years in lack and shortage, but the abundance was always available to me.
0: It was always there.
1: And it's just like my awareness and focus was on short and lack. Now I understand that. That's why sometimes when I really just pause and like stay in that moment of empowerment, I feel like, wow, I live in the same house. I wake up with the same man, kind of doing the same thing. But I feel so different. It's just like, yeah, circumstances didn't change. And I worked so hard on changing my man. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> well, and it's just like everything outside reflected my energy. And that's why I started saying to my clients, because I see similar effect is happening with them. And I know I heard that before. It only takes one to change the world. But I never really, like, I guess it's in my head because I thought about it, but I don't think I really understood. And I feel like I'm coming to that understanding that It really takes one to change the world because when they come and say, well, now I have a different relationship with my spouse and my mother-in-law is fine and I have this friendship and I'm like, yeah, it just takes one to change the world and that is you. Interesting from that revelation, even though like all of that. So I can tell you that I'm talking and it sounds great and dandy and I'm experiencing but this other thing is like there a little bit, that visceral reactions like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the shoe, that shoe.
0: <laughs> and I think your work is just becoming observant of that. Not that that has to go away. You're just like, oh, yeah, my brain wants to tell me that the shoe's going to drop, that it can't be this good. I've been choosing mm-hmm. to believe something different.
1: Yes, I'm choosing to believe something different. I'm choosing to believe something different and train my brain to go into that
0: the better it gets, the better it gets. It gets, or like, I am expanding in love, success, and joy, and I am inviting others to do the same. That's the mantra, like over and over, and it's just a new way of being, which is something you brought up earlier. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the person that is always waiting for the other shoe to drop? Or do you want to be the person who always sees that the better it gets, the better it gets?
1: Yes, I wanted to be the person who sees the better, it gets the better, it gets,
0: and not just sees it but creates it. Yes. Okay, I took notes. I'm ready to tell your story in maybe a way that might shock—not shock you, because you just told me all the details—but I think you're a very powerful person. I'm receiving that, like you are. I just got a little emotional because you have a history of choosing new questions, and I think that that is the theme that I picked up on is that you've learned how to live into more powerful questions. When you were living in Russia, you asked yourself a different question. What other opportunities are there for me? And then you moved to America, and you said, the American dream is owning a business. So what kind of opportunities can I create here? And you went all in. You and your husband did. You were determined. You started this coffee and donut franchise. You got a master's degree, so you're highly educated. You're ambitious. You're working hard. From the outside, everything looks amazing. You're a little stressed, right? You're stressed, you're working hard. But from the outside, like, you have a thriving business. You did it. You got the American dream. But on the inside, you felt like the constant chase. You were unfulfilled. You were dissatisfied. You had smart goals. Things were, like, intense. You even got so successful that you opened another location. From the outside, it's like you own two locations for a franchise. You have a master's degree education. You moved to America. Like, shouldn't this be it? But you decided to live into another more powerful question. The first one was almost like a mini question, which is, is this the only way it can be? Is there another way to do this? And you hired someone to support you, which was the first shift. I get to create my experience and my reality. And you let go of control. At the same time, you're also sick. Many of your clients are probably going to resonate with this. You're so stressed, you are physically ill. And so you started looking, what else can help me? What other ways of being are there? And you found yoga and breathwork. You said you found your heaven. Those were your words because you found quiet time to reflect and to connect with yourself. The idea of a mind-body-spirit connection, you saw yourself as a powerful person way beyond just what you do, how many checklists you have, what letters are behind your name, right? That it's so much bigger than just working, working, working. And it piqued your interest in the body-soul intelligence, the body and mind connection, and biomechanics. And you said something that I wrote down, and I began to heal by taking care of me. You decided there is a different way of being that is available to me, and it starts with me prioritizing me. And from there, you realize there's a whole other way of being, and you helped other people live that way. Move your mind, mind your movement. And you started helping other people heal through their mind-body connection. And you ask yourself a power question during this time. What does Jules really, really want? You're introduced to the world of Abraham Hicks, where she asks, it's all about aligned selfishness, right? What do you want? Because even though outwardly you were very successful with the franchises, it was sucking your soul. It was making you ill. And so I know that's not what you wanted. And so you start asking yourself different questions. Wouldn't it be cool if? What would be possible? What else is there? And so you started to combine yoga and what you're learning with law of attraction and what you describe as the Abraham philosophy. And you found two words that I think really speak to what you started to do, fun and flow. Before in the franchise, it was so rigid and stressful and soul-sucking, even though you made it, right? And a lot of people are going to resonate with that. You made it. You checked all the boxes. You got married. You started a business. Things were doing great. You hired employees. And that was not the life that you wanted even though outwardly you were so successful. So you found this new way of being where it's fun and flow, living your dharma, using your divine gifts to help other people. You started studying nutrition and mindset as well. And that there was a coach that asked you one of the most powerful questions I believe there is, which is who do you want to be? And you started living into that question and you decided to take personal power back. And so now you get to combine all your experience. You know what it's like to work hard and have that not be the life that you want. You know how to help clients take control and ask different questions about what they really want, especially in midlife when everything seems like it's perfect, but they don't like it. When all the boxes are checked and they still wake up going, is this all there is? Well, I have to, you know, do what my husband wants me to do. I have to do what my mom wants me to do. I have to do what my children want me to do. I have to do what my career, you know, my boss wants me to do. And instead, you help them bring back all the power and go in and ask them Who do you want to be? What do you really want? What is your heaven? What lights you at? How do you heal from the inside out, especially for women in midlife? These are life-changing questions. You help these women live into more powerful questions that it doesn't take them decades like it took you. You did it all alone. You were on this path just kind of reaching for books and ideas, and you found your people along the way, but you help your clients do it so much faster because they don't have to wait. They can ask powerful questions about their identity and their desires now, and you help them choose from a powerful place how to live their life on their terms. Aligned selfishness, doing the things that matter to them, where they wake up and, like you said, nothing necessarily has to change circumstantially for everything to change about their experience of life, because you help people reclaim their power and connect to who they really are. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Jules Lamb coaching.
1: Yes, you are such a great representer of my story and I am receiving it. Now, just soaking in all of this greatness and basking in the sunshine. It's a mind and body connection and I feel like I know a lot and I've studied a lot and I feel like I can offer more and a
0: lot. It's just, I guess, being afraid to do it and do it anyway. You are doing it. You are. You are living it. You are embodying this every day. You learn this lesson in different ways throughout your story, but it was always there. It's just becoming aware of it. I think today my whole job was helping you become aware of how you are already the kind of coach that you want to be. About choosing to live that way from that knowing that you are this coach that I described. You help people use, in your words, Learning how to receive the gift. Learning how to experience a transformation from the inside out. Stop being the good girl. Experience joy and miracles and presence in their life now. You do these things and you already help people do these things. Now you might expand it. It's not about this is all there is. But I think the secret is to see how the apple seed was the apple tree. Do you want more? Yes, But in a very real way, you already are doing the things that you just want to do more of. And by using your story to buoy up your belief, you can start to see evidence of that now. And then it's just more please. Thank you. More please. Wouldn't it be cool if I had 10 clients, 20 clients? Wouldn't it be cool if I had a wait list? Wouldn't it be cool if I had a huge audience that like resonated with my content? Not because what you have is not good enough, but because you just want more. Yes. And wanting declare what I want is good for the world. And what you want is good for the world. And you have a lot of evidence of that. You started to heal from the inside out. And now you get to work transformation with people in your coaching. So it is good for the world when you get what you want.
1: It takes one to change the world. (laughs) Yes. Okay. How are we feeling? I feel amazing and powerful. And I feel like, yeah, I matter. My story matters. Yes. And my journey matters yes and it's me who wants to receive and embrace it yeah and i guess complete love exists like that love with no agenda like i'm not doing all of this to cover my up i'm not good enough i do all of this because i'm ready to expand for more
0: and what i love about this work too is it's always a mirror your clients want the same thing they don't want to pursue their next especially in midlife right Their next few decades of their lives, their one precious and wild life, like doing things for the checklist, doing things because they're supposed to. And that's what you help them do because you've lived it and you can condense decades into weeks for them. They're yes. going to quantum leap because of the work that you've done. That's something you should feel very proud of and excited about. And now I have this recorded episode. So that. I'm- <laughs> Thank you. It was amazing.
1: Thank you so much for bringing the story out of me so you've been amazing and you've been my Yoda <laughs> <laughs> who has bogged me through some interesting things and I love what you do in the world and you are my inspiring example and I love that you stood up for what you believed and what you dreamed for. Mm-hmm. So you are my inspiration. Thank you so
0: much. I received that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, I hope you loved and resonated with today's episode. If you did, I know you'd love to be a member of my community in the matrix. It's where we combine business savvy with the inner work, where I help you build your business in a way that actually feels aligned to you and allows you to create the impact, money, and success you want find out more and join at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix. I'll see you inside.